calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Gus. Hi. Gus, do you remember? It was a few weeks ago now. Uh-huh. I told you um, I've become the sort of person who sets goals. Oh, that does sound familiar. We set a when goal. When and where did you tell me this? It was on the podcast that we do together called Unprepared Casters. And oh, my I God. Told it you sounds that great. I, <laughs> it's okay. I told you that I set, oh. a, <laughs> I set a goal. And I set it yeah. on Patreon because that's, I think, the only way people can set goals. Pretty sure. Uh, and we hit it. <gasps> what? We did? The goal has been... It, yes. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Goal How did that happen? Uh, people are very nice. All of our beautiful, wonderful patrons came together to help us hit our first ever Patreon goal at $3,000 a month. Haley, what does this mean? It means we can start looking into longer form video content like we've been wanting to. Yay! And generally just be producing a better product. Oh, I love better products. I, I really don't like products. worse products. That's hot take, I know. But Pay us money that's... for a worse product. <laughs> so gonna... Yeah, if we hit $4,000, we are going to give you the shittiest <laughs> podcast imaginable. That's what you want, right? Uh, it means that also we are going to do a little live stream, yes? Ooh. What are we doing on the live stream, Haley? Playing a game. Some sort well. of one-page RPG that has not yet been determined uh, at mm. a time that has not yet been determined with cool. guests that have not yet been determined. But we are working wow, on determining Haley. all of those things. Haley, when are we going to determine these things? It feels like we're kind of coming at this with like no preparation. Well, it's we almost didn't like think we're called we'd hit it unprepared <laughs> casters. That's the podcast I set my goal on, actually. The one I was just telling what? you. What? Are you serious? <laughs> it's the same podcast. Everyone, thank you so, so much for helping us hit our goal. If you want to help us hit $4,000 so we can give you the worst podcast <laughs> no. you've ever heard in your life, that's patreon.com slash no, no, no. Unprepared casters. Is this not how I you won't do let him do that? Go to our Patreon. I'm not gonna let Gus do that. <laughs> oh, okay. We well, just in time for Arc Two, which you're about to begin listening to right now. Right now, actually. Right now, actually, I think. Have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these are getting messier. They are. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Welcome to Unprepared Casters, Arc 2? Two? Episode 0? Yeah! We're doing it! It feels weird. It does feel weird. You might be surprised to learn that when we started this podcast and we were telling people about the premise of this podcast, 
we were telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people might be caught off guard by that, but uh, <laughs> it's now we're here. We're not just going to keep the same folks for the whole time. Mm-mm-mm. We had our nice little adventure in arc one, and then we hit a big fat reset button, <laughs> or spin-off button rather, spin-off. for arc two. If you are listening to this podcast for the very first time, just very quickly to give you an idea hello. of what we're all about here. First of all, hello. <laughs> we're so happy that you're here. Stay as long as you like. Just to give you a bit of an idea of what we're all about here at Unprepared Casters, we do little D&D adventures, four to six episodes. Haley, my co-host, and I... That's me. That's Haley. (laughs) We'll alternate the DM seat and spin off each other's adventures as the podcast continues. So, Arc 1 just completed. Haley ran Arc 1. It was great. You're welcome to listen to it if you'd like it. It's all available. It's all right. If you're on your little podcast app, just do a little scroll. You won't have to <laughs> scroll that far, and you'll see all the episodes from Mark 1 that Haley did. Right behind this one. Just a little, little scooch. Hardly even. Just a little nudge. Just a little nudge to get down there. <laughs> now that Haley's arc is all wrapped up, it's up to me to do the next arc and see where this podcast can take us. We're going to bring the guests on for Arc 2 later on here in this Episode 0 to talk about what characters they built for the adventure and to talk a little bit about the setting for the adventure and what to expect. Me too. I'm also playing. I also get a character. I'm all, I'm coming back. Hello. Uh, yes. Haley will be on every episode of this podcast, <laughs> as will I. I know. You like me I that know. much? You let me be on every episode of our podcast? Yeah, I, I like you so much that I let you be on every episode of the podcast that we created together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so kind of you. Yeah, it's, you know, it was a really tough decision for me, but at the end of the day, <laughs> that's just that's just where the cards fell, Haley. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Anytime. We're going to bring the guests on later, but before we do, you know, it's been a while since Haley and I have had the chance to just sit down and talk about what has happened in the podcast and, and how we're feeling about it. We never talk anymore, Gus. Never talk. We only talk when, when it's recording. <laughs> yeah. How have you been for the past week, by the way? Uh, you know, it's been fine. Uh, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> could not think of a funny response to how have you been. Not going to lie to you just now. Because how have you been is such a terrifying question most of the time. It's, it I'm so sorry for putting you in that situation, Haley. You just kind of answered like, I'm People here. know what you mean. I exist and I had some days. Yeah. We're both having a great time and <laughs> uh, <laughs> just wanted to get a little talking done with my podcast co-host and fellow DM and just sort of see where things are at before we get into the specifics of the next arc. So just to take a breather, see how we feel about the arc we just did, talk about why we are doing the arc that we're about to do. And update y'all just sort of a little bit about how the podcast is doing and what's running through our minds and stuff like that. Just, that's what podcasts are, right? Just talking about stuff that's running through your minds? Just talking. I think it is just talking. Not all podcasts are people playing Dungeons and Dragons, I think. What? I know, I know. (laughs) Doesn't sound right. We could have done anything and we decided to do this. We'll do a spinoff that's just, it's just the Haley and Gus segments. It's just us talking. Here's a question for you, Haley. If there was a law that was passed that said no more Dungeons and Dragons podcasts are allowed, but we still had to put something out every week, what do you think we should pivot to? Um, my brand new game, Brungeons and Dragons, that I have invented. It's so weird. I have all the rules already thought up. Wow. wow. Oh my God, that's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> We're going to use dice, I think. 
You think? You said you had all the rules written up and you don't know whether or not we're using dice or not? I think maybe dice. Haley, it sounds like you have some more work to do before we can get started on this Brungeons and Dragons project. It's either going to be dice or you just have to say a number and hope it's high enough to hit my threshold. You know who would like that type of game play style? Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's going to listen to this. I'm sorry, Jenny. We love you. We love you. Haley, arc one has been completed. It was the first Dungeons and Dragons adventure you've ever run publicly before. This is true. It was the first time you've ever dungeon mastered your dungeon master. (laughs) Kyle, my dungeon master. Yes. For context, Kyle, who was a guest in the last arc, is Haley's dungeon master in a home game. Yes, he's it. It's the first time we've ever played in a game before. Yeah. How do you feel like it went? All those different things, all these new experiences, expectations met, exceeded. I mean... I still want to do it. Oh, well, thank God. I still want to be podcasting. I still want to be Dungeons and Bragginsing. <laughs> I think I'll even be happy to DM again. Wow. Honestly, that's a relief because if any, <laughs> if that was not the case, we would have a super embarrassing announcement to make. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is two arcs. No, I'm really, really, really happy with the way it went. I went in so, 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 so nervous. You can ask anyone who is in the arc. Gus knows. But I'm intensely grateful that we did it. I'm happy that I started. I wasn't sure I was going to be happy I started. I'm also very happy you started. (laughs) I think it went very well. Everybody who was in it seemed to like it. I asked them all afterwards, and I don't know why they would lie to me. Haley, I just want to say that I think in the initial episode zero, in arc one episode zero, we were saying how, although we both had pretty good... uh, vibes from each other just sort of from being friends and and the content we already produced we had never played in a game before mm-hmm. uh, before that and so we really didn't know what exactly we were getting ourselves into this is true. and at every step of the process in arc one you floored me with how good of a job <laughs> you did and how clinically and professionally and wonderfully you were able to deliver on this promise of taking a classic D&D adventure, making it fun, making it ours, making it podcastable. I couldn't be happier with how it went. I think you did an amazing job. I think all the guests did an amazing job as well. Oh, they did amazing. The the chemistry at our virtual table was... So good. Off the charts. Off the charts. From that perspective, from, from everything, it's just I don't think the bar could have been set higher. So I just want to personally extend congratulations <laughs> to you from one podcast co-host to the other. I've got big shoes to fill coming up into you, Arc 2, Haley. You have the feet for it. Oh, so well, thank it's okay. You. <laughs> <laughs> but after all the compliments I just gave you, Haley, I guess I suppose I just wanted to, from thinking about the concept of classic D&D that we wanted to accomplish with Arc 1, and just sort of opening up the podcast as a whole from a podcasting perspective, how do you feel about that? I feel really good about where we hit it on like a classic D&D angle, because I think we hit like a lot of the tropes and like the set pieces and even the characters in a way. And it's one of those things that people make fun of. You know, people make fun of the character tropes. I mean, you meet in a tavern and you see it all the time. But I think we proved that it can be fun. You can have a good time with your friends. And it doesn't have to be scary. You can just work with what you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did not reinvent any wheels for this. No wheels. I think that from meeting in a tavern, from a lot about, from like the fact that we restricted the classes Mm -hmm. of the party, from your classic 
ambush on the road after setting up camp. Sure, sure. Dungeon crawl. We got a dragon in there. <laughs> Love my dragon. Love her so dearly. It just, it all worked. I've already said how pleased I am. I, I'll just say it again and again and again. <laughs> but arc one's over. Arc one is over. Arc one's done. Dragons in dungeons, no more. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It will always exist in the podcast feed and also in the hearts yes. and minds of all of the players Me. and listeners and Haley's. All of the All of the Haley. <laughs> but there will be more more cast to be pod. Uh, <laughs> most certainly there will be. More pods to be cast. More pods to be cast. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Most likely that's what... Probably the... <laughs> is that, actually. <laughs> Arc one is dead. Arc one is dead. It's gone. Arc dead is one. Arc dead what? is one. Excuse oh, I thought that that was intentional. I was going, I was just riffing off of you there. That was a mistake. It was not. Oh my. Okay. Arc dead is one. <laughs> and. Arc one is dead. Long live arc one. Where do we go now? You're DMing? I am DMing now, Haley. Haley, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Tell me the thing. Much about this podcast has induced what some may refer to as nerves. What? I think we mentioned on one of our talkback episodes that we didn't get a lot of sleep before <laughs> we started recording Arc 1. No. If you're going back and listening to Arc 1, Arc 1, Episode 5, that's the first time <laughs> Gus has gotten sleep. That is also the first time I went and well-rested. Yeah, yep. So that's the point where we were like... The last two episodes are the first time <laughs> where Haley and I were both well-rested for the recording. With launching the podcast, with you deeming for the first time, all of these new firsts, I think you're in the clear, Haley. Yeah. You're done with firsts. I'm good forever. <laughs> I've got one more first left, Haley. I do have a first as well. What's your first? My first character. My first PC. <gasps> That's true. What if people hate them? Oh, they won't. Oh, they, they won't. won't. They, they will not. If anybody <laughs> no, hates no, them, no. they're wrong, actually. <laughs> they are. They simply <laughs> are. It's impossible to hate. <laughs> I've been DMing for a couple years now in my home game. I've done a little one shot here, a little something there. Never DM'd publicly before. Never DM'd you before, Haley. I'm a menace. I'm not. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I've also, well, no, I have. I saw you play in the in the diner one shot, but mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. other than that, not a lot of experience of just knowing what Haley's like as a player. Mostly, I'm just worried about the whole DMing publicly part of it all, and <laughs> and making sure that. Uh, after the very high bar that you set with Arc One, I'm able to, you know. You do so good. You're so much better about prep than I am. You're gonna feel so good going into it. Uh, it's you know prep. Prep only matters so much if sure, uh, sure, sure. you know having a big document only matters so much if you can't deliver on it. You know what I mean? I wish I had done more. <laughs> I, I was looking through. You put your prep notes in the uh, in our <laughs> shared did. drive, I and I was flipping think? through it the other day. I haven't gone through all of it yet. There's not a lot there. <laughs> I took a little peek. It was, it was like, yeah, that's the adventure that we just did. Mm -hmm. Basically, everything in here is stuff that I know from the game that I played, which means that you're efficient, Haley. <laughs> it means that you didn't prepare anything that you didn't have to. No, because most of the cool shit was improv. <laughs> Great. All the best stuff is improv, I think. Hmm. So one of the good things about me DMing Arc 2, as far as all the firsts go, is that the guests for Arc 2... Are all my home game. Yeah. It's literally just Gus does his home game party and also Haley's there. I'm also present. And also Haley's present. 
and also it lives in the unprepared casters world and there's different characters and it's a new story and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, many differences, I would say, actually. So many differences. <laughs> I'm very excited to... Uh, <laughs> very excited to be able to try this. Very nervous. At the time of recording, we're not going to actually start rolling dice for another couple weeks. So I still have some time to figure things out. But here's what I do know about ARC oh. 2, listeners. Okay. Tell, can I also know or do I have to leave? You already know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Pre-secrets. Pre-secrets. So Unprepared Casters is all about spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. And I wanted to do a couple things with this first spinoff, because I think it's important, especially early on, to uh, establish sort of the goal of what we're trying to do and make very intentional choices relating to that goal. Mm -hmm. For example, I wouldn't want to do a spinoff that also took place in Summerview. Yeah. Because then our podcast is about Summerview, and it's very much like to laser focus in on the world that you've already constructed, which I didn't want to do, right? Yeah, 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 I get you. So I wanted to go very, very far away for my first spinoff while still keeping it within the, the lovely kingdom that you've built for us. Oh, thank you. And I thought, what better way to do a spinoff that's very far away than by thinking, hmm, which character from Arc 1 <laughs> comes from very far away? Albeit a few of the, a couple of them a do, of them. <laughs> but only one of them still lives in the kingdom. Mm, mm -hmm. Just the Lovejoy family is just such a fascinating concept that I latched onto from the start of Arc One and sixteen elven children. Sixteen elven children, <laughs> and so the first thing I was like, all right, something to do with the Lovejoys would be great here. Hope's a very wonderful character. She's already set up this whole thing about having this huge family that's from far away that's spin off goals. That's what we're made of, baby. <laughs> so my home game party, Madison, Julia, and Sam, who you all will be meeting in mere moments as They're we wonderful. bring them on. They're wonderful. They've been talking for ages about wanting to do a heist, a D&D heist. Because they're correct. They're just they right. so correct. I think Madison was was like, oh, I'm going to DM a heist for everyone one day. I we were talking about stuff that we might do. Sorry, Madison. I'm doing it first. I beat you to the punch. <laughs> you got you to act fast like Gus over here. With gusto. With gusto. <laughs> Not meaning to step on Madison's toes here. If she still wants to run her heist, she can still. There's more than Stopping one heist. on her toes. There's so many heists that can be had, Haley. Just the one. There's no shortage of heists. Just the one. We're about to do. Here's the bold, <laughs> unprepared casters claim of the episode. We're about to do the only heist. <laughs> Anything else that is claimed to be a heist, it's not. I don't it's not. think so. I it think can't this be. is the heist. We've done, we're doing the one. The one heist there is. You're right. Yeah. Every, You're so smart. Yeah. Like proto heist, I think might be a good way to refer to like mm -hmm. everything. The that, Oceans movies. Yeah. The Oceans <laughs> movies, I would say, are proto heists. We're sort of like <laughs> approaching the idea of what unprepared casters would solidify one day. As Dimension 20's tiny proto heist. <laughs> they already have got tiny in the name. You might as well put the proto in there as well. <laughs> tiny proto heist. No one's done a heist before us, Haley. No. And frankly, they never will again. <laughs> they won't need to. <laughs> My party always talking about how they wanted to do a heist. And then I was scrolling through TikTok. <laughs> 
and I saw a post from TikTok user Whipjack Who? about TikTok user at Whipjack. You mm. might know her. She sounds pretty. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok user at Whipjack was talking about how much she liked heists and how much she wanted to be in a heist. And I was like, well, this is just she perfect. Smart. Well, this, I mean, hey, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't think there's a I, I, I think <laughs> I'm only here to throw you off your groove. Is it working? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that you can throw me off my groove so easily and I'm about to DM for you. This is gonna, oh, my God. This is going to be you also haven't seen what my party does to me when we play. Yeah. It's uh, I'm not playing a character that is very throw you off your groove. No, you're not. The only no, thing. I should have played a more snappy character. Haley, you'll have the opportunity. Hell yeah. My level one character is going to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it now. She sucks. Oh my Called God. fucking shot. She's going to be a wizard who sucks. <laughs> oh my God. I love that you... We're leading into that, and then we're also like, I'll go ahead and pick her class while I'm at it. <laughs> oh. I've envisioned her. She's terrible. A wizard who sucks. <laughs> I hate her. You will also hate her. Please keep listening to our podcast. <laughs> a heist with Haley, a heist with my party. It was just, the stars aligned. It was too perfect. I had to do it. And so Love, Joy, Heist are sort of the two puzzle pieces that I put together in order to make this arc happen. What an incredible puzzle. I haven't experienced it yet, but I love the puzzle based on concept alone. Yay! I will get more into the specifics about the heist once we have all the guests here, but that was sort of my thought process going into sort of what I wanted to do with Arc 2 from a conceptual standpoint. And we've gotten, when we've sort of been talking to our guests about, like, uh, about what it is we're doing, we've gotten a lot of, like, oh, wow, so this really isn't classic D&D anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the show! That's the show! <laughs> we did the one classic D&D, and then we thought, great, we've done that, and it was good. Now we're doing whatever we want. Next thing! Next thing! What are we doing after this? I don't know, please don't ask me yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Haley, what's the, you got any thoughts about ARC 3? Uh, what's, uh, uh, what's on the brain? What's, uh, what you got? Uh, <laughs> All right. Is there anything else that we need to discuss before we bring the guests on, Haley? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so either. We talked a little bit about your arc. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about my arc. Mm-hmm. Folks, we're about to bring on some of my dearest and closest friends. We went through all four years of college as buds together. We talk to each other every single day, and we have a group slack with, like, 30 different channels so we can talk to each other while we're at work. (gasps) All three of these folks are so genuinely lovely, hilarious, creative people. They do love to bully me all over town when we play. Hell yeah. And they're absolutely going to rope Haley into whatever shenanigans they- Welcome to the four women (laughs) bullying Gus arm. That's this one, baby. (laughs) I can't wait. It's going to be great. And yeah, I guess without further ado, let's bring them on. Hello! 
We've got all of our guests here. They're not talking yet, though. Just will they will in a second. This is Lovejoy's Four is yes. the name of this arc. Arc two, Lovejoy's Four, the heist of the century, yes. the heist of their lives. It is going to be such a very good and great and fun time. Big promises, Gus. Hey, you know what? Now I have to deliver on them. I'm setting myself up to <laughs> keep look. myself honest and motivated and everything. You're going to do so good. To get things started, we're just going to do a little introduction like we did at the start of arc one. Here's the thing. When you do something once, mm -hmm. you're just doing it. And then mm -hmm. when you do it a second time, it turns mm -hmm. into a tradition. Yeah. So these are unprepared casters traditions that we're setting here. We're creating traditions? I love that. It's great. So the little icebreakers, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go around the circle. Everyone's going to say your first name, your pronouns, and this arc. It's going to be one fun thing that you would buy if money was no object Ooh. to you. If you heisted your life away and you had all the money you could possibly want, what's the one stupid, selfish thing you would buy for yourself? <laughs> I don't want to hear anything about giving to charity. I don't want to hear anything about... <laughs> no altruism. No saving. No responsibility. No investing. None of it. Nothing. I want something dumb. Okay. So... <laughs> I will get things started. My name is Gus. My pronouns are he, him. And I had a bunch of different things I was tossing around for this. But ideally, I would live in a huge, giant Gus mansion. And I would love it if this mansion had a fully staffed Chipotle in the... <laughs> <laughs> where I could just go and get what I wanted and everyone knows my name and I'm their only customer and then I just live about my life and then when I'm not there, all the Chipotle employees can just like hang out. Oh. Uh, it'll be a very chill job for all of them. Can I ask a question about this icebreaker answer? P yes. Is the only thing that makes a Gus mansion different from a mansion the Chipotle? <laughs> well, also I live in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. All right, Haley, you're up next. Oh, okay. Hello. Hi. My name is Haley. My pronouns are she, her. And the only thing coming to mind for some reason, yes. if I could buy anything, is a gazebo. <gasps> I just want like a really nice gazebo. I currently don't own land I could put a gazebo on is the issue. So I guess also land. Yes. Land and then the construction of a gazebo. We assume that anything that you purchase with this money, <laughs> you will also be purchasing anything you need yeah, sure. in order to purchase said sure, thing. Because sure, 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 sure. I don't own a mansion. Why not? Uh, no money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> okay, Julia, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Uh, hi, I'm Julia. My pronouns are she, her, and I think if I could just buy anything, I might buy the Olive Garden in Times Square. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> if I just owned that Olive Garden, like... So many people go to it all the time, and it doesn't even have to be good. Like, people go to it as a joke, and it would just always be profitable. This sounds a lot like an investment to me, Julia. I specifically said no investment. Why is it wrong for me to want unlimited breadsticks in Times Square? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's, like, a little too smart of an idea. I mean, who wouldn't want to own in Olive Garden, specifically in Times Square. Like, <laughs> the feeling is not the same if it's just a regular Olive Garden somewhere. It has to be the Times Square Olive certainly, Garden. Certainly, certainly. Of course. So we've got Mansion with a Chipotle, a gazebo, and a Times Square <laughs> Olive Garden. Great. Uh, Madison, say what up. What up? Hi. I'm Madison. Hi. My pronouns are she, her, and I 
Want to buy a train? <gasps> yes! Wow. Like a whole, like a full-scale train? Okay, yeah. So hear me out. Yeah. You threw this on us 0.5 seconds ago. <laughs> I've thought it through. And I want like a full like snow piercer train. Oh. Oh no. But like not with the bad parts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not with the bad parts. What's the wait, I don't know what this I don't know what this type of train is. They What's... lived on the train. They lived on the train. So I want like really like each car has like fun stuff. Ideally this is like electric or like some sort of something that's not bad for the environment. And I have enough money that we figured it out. And then I want it to go from LA to New York. So then we can all just like whoop. Maybe can like oh, pop yay. up and around like wherever we all live, you know, wherever whoever lives. I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess just to tack on to uh, the icebreakers, your home address as well, Madison. Oh, I think would be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you want to know that? But yeah, with without the bad parts, I just want like fun, cool cars where you go through each car and it's like a bubble car and like a maybe we'll have a Chipotle car. It's an experience. <laughs> An ice cream car. What's a bubble car? I don't know. There's a bunch of bubbles. That's the first thing. That's the first car that you came up with. A bunch of fun cars. I don't know. First idea. One full of bubbles. Gus, you got like bubbles or something? Yeah. Like, why wouldn't that make you happy? I think it's a great idea. I think I'm. This is. There's no complaints here. I thought. I think it's amazing. But yeah. So just a big old train to get a big old train get all around the country because I feel like we don't have enough of that. Not enough bubble cars either. <laughs> more bubble cars. Only one more guest left. Sam. That's me. Hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Sam. Uh, I go by she, her. I don't, they, them's fine too. I don't care. Hell yeah. Sick. Let's see. What would I want to do with all of this money on such a random thing? I think I would want a giant secret garden with koi ponds. And it's exclusive to me, except for one day a year. Everyone is invited, and there's a giant parade, and everyone gets shit-faced. And the gardeners have to fix everything the next day, and they hate the parade, but they still enjoy it. <laughs> so it's a requirement that you are making the gardener's life literal hell. Just, just, just one day. The whole year is fine for them. Their job is really chill. They can, like, focus on their craft. They have all the money to buy all the crazy plants they want because I'm just like, here, go, go and get everything. I just want a cool secret garden. And then they just suffer <gasps> one day after the parade <laughs> and oh, have to fix no. everything. And then they suffer. <laughs> what day of the year would your parade be? Excellent question. Would it be your birthday? Would it be, or are you just picking a random Should day? Should it be my birthday? Mm. What if it's different every year? You, you spring it on yeah, the gardeners. Yeah, it's a random day. It's just, you know, <laughs> like after Easter, you know, you get your Jesus time and then you get wild at a garden <laughs> we all do it oh my god fantastic happy easter, everyone happy easter happy easter let's get shit faced and piss off some gardeners <laughs> that's everyone that's the whole party we're dealing with i said i was the dm right i probably said that earlier maybe don't remember if you said i you don't know if DM. you did there's a chance this is the dm i'm the dm but people knew that already from listening to the first half of the episode until halfway through when i heist the dm spot i take it back <laughs> wow. oh the secret meta heist when we really run out of unprepared <laughs> casters ideas we'll have to do some sort of surprise dm switch at some point <laughs> that sounds like a great idea honestly <laughs> For those listening who are familiar with my TikTok content, you might recognize the names that were just said. These are all my home party. I've been posting clips from my home game on TikTok for quite some time. 
that's these folks. So we've been playing together for about a couple years now. And now we get to add Haley to the party, have some new characters, and it's going to be so very great and good and fun, in my opinion. You're right. Well, thank you. So (laughs) this is Lovejoy's 4, because Haley wrote a lovely monologue to introduce Dragons and Dungeons. I have written a monologue to introduce the setting of Lovejoy's 4. So I guess now's the time when I read that. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Though technically under Hyrenorian rule, the up north is so inhospitable a region that generations of rulers have paid it little mind. Though this frigid tundra is scattered with settlements of goliaths and arctic dwarves, if someone tells you they're from the up north, it's almost certain they call the city of Glycaria home. Thanks to an ancient enchantment that keeps its borders warm, a lively and diverse population sees this dot of safety in a cruel expanse thrive. But the city's growth brings congestion and chaos, as the booming population strains against the outer edges of the spell which keeps a nation's worth of people nice and toasty. Since the people of Glycaria are spared King Alaric's attention, room is left for those with wealth and power to wield their influence like a weapon. Though power is ever-shifting among the various clans and guilds, the one constant is the dominant and legendary force that is the Lovejoys, a family whose wealth is so great, some say it exceeds that of the royals themselves. While their money may come from the purchasing, cutting, and reselling of the precious stones that hide away in snow-covered mountains, matriarch Jem Lovejoy sees to it that their wealth runs through every aspect of Glycarian life, allowing her to puppeteer the city by simply pushing around coins. But you can't have power without having enemies, and the Lovejoys are no exception. Rival families seek to rid them of their power, a feeble government flounders in its attempts to curb their influence, and a vast criminal network chips away at their riches wherever it finds the chance. It's within this network, and within the Lovejoy family itself, that we find our adventurers. None are strangers to crime, but none have tried to rob a Lovejoy before. Welcome, everybody, to Glycaria. That was really nice. I'm really proud of you. Heist, 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 heist. You know how they start every Ocean's Eleven movie? Yeah, that's what's really missing from the Ocean's movies is this deleted scene that they had to cut from every single one where everyone stands in a circle and goes, heist, 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 heist. The heist chant. They almost left it in an Ocean's 8. They were so close, and then last second, somebody cut it. like, you know what? No, yeah, the studio. It's just, what can you do? Like, Rihanna was really pushing for it. She wanted Hey, it's just I'm just curious. What did y'all think of my little monologue? Did you like it? Was it good? I, I thought it. it was nice. It was good. It was very, very nice. Thanks. I don't do a lot of monologues in our home games, so it's a lot of... You should write more monologues. You should write They're more monologues. Hard. That was very good. It took me so long to write that. And it was so good. It was great. It's worth it. I know. I was like, you need to talk that professionally when we're in a <laughs> Is that your impression of my professional voice? <laughs> Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> yeah, is that, yeah. I go into my monologues and Madison's head just goes. <laughs> DMing with monologues is so wild because you do get that tone shift, right? From like oh, totally. improv fun times to now I'm reading this thing I pre-wrote. Yeah. <laughs> I am now the teacher and you will listen to me. Yeah. You have different voices for different things. Like I have a different voice when I talk to strangers. It's nice and sweet. And then you get me normally, who is not nice and sweet. <laughs> 
then you burp into the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's never done that before. I don't know if that was recording, though. So that's sad. It was not recording this time when you did it. This time. We still have time. Yeah, don't worry. There will be more. Don't worry. <laughs> There's plenty where that came Thank from. Thank God. Well, awesome. So that's the setting that we're all in. Big city heist on the Lovejoys. All that's left now is for us to talk about your characters and solidifying another unprepared caster's tradition. I'd like you all to roll to see what order your characters get introduced in, please. Just a straight d20 roll, please. I got fancy dice just for this character. My first cannon roll. I ordered some too, Yay! but they're not here yet. Yes! <laughs> they're my first metal dice I've ever bought for Ooh. myself. Metal dice? So fun. I should try ordering a second pair of dice. <laughs> you should try ordering a second pair of dice. Our dice from that Kickstarter, they're gonna show up at some point, Julia. Maybe I someday. That's so Sad. Maybe someday we'll get those dice that we bought a year ago. What did everyone roll? I rolled a two. Yay! <laughs> nice. <laughs> First roll, two. <laughs> I got a 14. And we got a 14. I got a 13. I got an 18. Whoa! 18, 13. Julia, that means that you are first. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Congratulations. Just what you wanted, right? I am not nervous at all. <laughs> that's great to hear. But if you were nervous, that's okay and we love you. But you're not? That is true. But you're not, so it's fine. So <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Gus. <laughs> Would you do me the honor of telling me about the character you've created for this adventure? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, my character, her name is Ash. No last name, just Ash. She is a fire genasi. Her father was like a fire elemental genie that hooked up with her mom. He's long gone, not in her life. Her mom remarried. Her mom's name is Anne. So her mother is a human. Her stepfather, whose name is Boris, is also a human. She has five siblings, Cass, Clove, Ben, Wendy, and Marcus. Got that? <laughs> uh, I didn't, couldn't write all that down in time. Could you just send me that list, Julia? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Nice. I wrote it down five minutes before we started here. Nice! <laughs> Love this. Basically, Ash and all of her siblings are like adult children that kind of still, they don't live at home, but like they're very close to their family. Kind of like a good way to think of it is like one of those really close knit Italian families. But she is like the odd one out because she's the only one that's a, like a stepchild, not a human. She's obviously a little bit fiery. She's really intense. Her family owns a restaurant. It's like a high-scale restaurant. It's called Traveler's Provisions. She just really wants her family's restaurant to succeed and do the best that it can. So what she has been doing for a little while is visiting other restaurants, like competitors, and just like maybe releasing some rats into the dining room. <laughs> Like, lightly poisoning their water supply. Oh! Just a little bit of food poisoning. Oh, you know. <laughs> As one does. To poison the water hole. And then one day, she thought, you know, what if I just slowed down the process a little bit at a competitor's restaurant and start a little kitchen fire? So I, I sneak into the restaurant and I start a little fire 
Unfortunately, nobody noticed the fire until it was too late and uh, the restaurant burnt down. Oh my God. And I thought my family would be excited. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that they would be excited that one of their competitors was maybe not going to come back for a while. Unfortunately, they were not happy with me. And I am no longer allowed to work in the restaurant. Forever banned. We're still on good terms, me and my family. I'm just kind of like in time out, basically. And they don't want me. They don't want my help. I'm just a little bit too much for them right now. And that's got me a little bit down. I've been hanging around bars at night. Kind of like like sulking in the corner, but like in a in like a sultry way, you know? I obviously can't hold down a job because I, I burnt down someone's restaurant and I'm an incredible fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit in the corner of these uh, bars and lure in suitors and I'll go back home with them at the end of the night and then I will rob them blind. Excellent. So good. Sick. God, I was worried there's going to be more fire involved by the end of that story. I was like, please please don't burn them alive. That's amazing. So yeah, I I steal all of their their possessions. I take it back to my fancy apartment that I pay for via stolen possessions. I've got like art up everywhere, expensive art that does not belong to me. (laughs) This is how I maintain my lifestyle. And I've learned to keep it a secret from my family because they don't appreciate it. (laughs) Do they think you're like a lawyer or something? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What does your family think you're doing right now? Have they visited your apartment? Do they know like how, how swanky your place is? They don't come over. I only come over for like dinners at my parents' place, you know, when like family dinners and stuff. And it's kind of like, uh, they kind of know that I'm up to no good, but they just don't, they don't have the energy. They don't have the energy to ask about it. (laughs) That is so fabulous. I'm so excited to see what Ash has up her sleeve. What what class is Ash? I don't think you mentioned that. Yeah. So we are a family of monks. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) And... I will be a uh, drunken master. Oh, also, this is something that I have not mentioned yet on podcast. This is a level six adventure. So all all the characters here are playing at level six. Wonderful. Yeah, so level six, drunken master monk. A lot of fun things that you can do there. Also, would you say that your character has an opinion on the Lovejoy family? And if so, what would that be? Lovejoy is a household name in the city. So I'm sure everyone's got some sort of opinion. I think my character probably knows of the Lovejoy family. She doesn't like think about them too much. Like she doesn't have a whole lot of feelings towards them. Most of my feelings are are towards myself. I'm a little bit wrapped up in like trying to not be a fuck up. <laughs> Makes sense. What are you expecting from Ash going into this? Like what sort of... From a role play perspective, from a story perspective, how do you expect Ash to sort of blend in with this party and this world? Like, what should we be expecting from her? I think Ash, first of all, is going to come off as like, she's going to try her best to be like very confident. She wants people to think that she's like a competent person, knows what she's doing, is capable of of thieving and stealing from people, um, even though she does have a slight history of uh, things not going totally right. (laughs) So if you are a player and Ash is your creation, as a player, what are you hoping Ash will like get out of this adventure? Like what sort of 
from a character perspective, like what sort of things are you hoping for Ash? What like what do you think she needs? Like stuff like that. This whole arc, I th- I think she needs to figure herself out, and that like she doesn't need to do all these crazy things to to be like a respectable person, to be trusted by her family. Like she doesn't. She can help out her family without ruining other people, other people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> she just needs to come into her own a little bit more, and that's what I'm hoping that'll that'll happen. Wonderful. Can I ask an ask question? Oh yes, Haley, please. How, how old is Ash? Ash, I want to say, is in like her early to mid twenties. Okay. Yeah, she's like old enough to be out of the house, but like young enough for her parents to still kind of worry about her. That's the perfect life stage to fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was say that, that would highly color how I see what she's doing in her history. If she's like 18 or if she's like 45. Or she's, yeah. <laughs> she's way too young to be releasing rats into other people's restaurants. <laughs> she's approaching her quarter life crisis, you know? So like, yeah. it's about time for the fuck up. This isn't it. This isn't the quarter yeah, life crisis. Yeah, this is not the quarter life crisis. I mean, we're about to do the heist. That might be the... <laughs> Uh-oh. That's fair. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, so going back to talking about Ash from a mechanical perspective, Julia, is there anything in particular about the Drunken Master Monk or about Fire Genasi or anything about stuff that your character can do that you're particularly excited about? Mm, okay. So we've talked about this a little bit off, off mic. Mm-hmm. So as a Fire Genasi... We have dark vision, but everything is different shades of red. Yes. Which, like, it seems like kind of a benign little addition to her character, but I feel like we could have a lot of fun. (laughs) Flavor with that? Absolutely. It adds a little bit of flavor. Like, uh, I don't want to speculate what's going to happen in this heist, so I'll I'll just leave it at that. Who knows? It's like an interesting little thing. Who knows what's going to happen? Something else that I particularly like about Ash is that you took the observant feat, which means that Ash can read lips. Yes. Very cool. She's picked up being very good at reading lips from sitting across the bar and trying to decide... Like who who is who has the most money? Like who's like I uh, I have ten yachts. <laughs> that is what rich people say. That's what she can tell who's talking about what from across the bar and who she's gonna rob tonight. Oh man, <laughs> you know one of the things that I miss the most because of COVID is that I just can't go to bars anymore to tell people how many yachts it's I have. It's such a shame. <laughs> really disappointing. I know. I just really miss it's it. the best part of the nightlife before. I've gotten <laughs> robbed a lot less, I'll have to say, uh, since COVID. <laughs> because a l- a lot less of people are listening to how much money I have. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. That is so fantastic. And another thing that we're doing here in this episode zero is that... Starting with Arc 2 and moving forward, we are taking Patreon submissions for NPCs and homebrew items from our $10 patrons and above. That's patreon.com slash unpreparedcasters. Did we get a lot? I'm not allowed to look at the submissions because I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, we we've gotten quite a bit. Yeah, okay. I've, I've been going through them and... Are they good? Do they suck? Oh, yeah, they're, they're good? good. Okay. Do they suck? Yeah, they <laughs> suck. <laughs> you're, you're about to find out because... I have gifted each of you a magic item that has been adapted from a Patreon submission that you will be starting the adventure with that I have 
weaved into your existing backstory in some way. Wow. Hell yeah. So, Julia, if you could refresh your D&D Beyond character sheet, I've added your item into your inventory. <gasps> and if you just want to read the description out loud to everyone of what your item oh, can do. Okay. Hell yeah. That's so fun. All right. Grix Bracers. Ooh. These unassuming bracers bear the emblem of the Glyceria Grix. The local or Orbula team. Orbula? It's the sports that they all play in oh. Glycaria. Oh, it's the little yeah. fantasy sport that they play. <laughs> I love it. Orbula. <laughs> Though they may look like merchandise, they are actually magically enchanted sports equipment stolen from the home of one of Grix's star players. While wearing these bracers, you can use a dash action to dash into an enemy. The enemy must pass a DC 13 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. While wearing these bracers, you have advantage on any rolls made to avoid falling prone. Wow, this magic item was adapted from a submission by Ian on Patreon. Thanks, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Yay. Yay. It's very cool. Great job, Ian. Thank you, Ian. So this is slightly tweaked from Ian's submission. One specific reason why I wanted to give this to you, Julia, is that the original submission of this item, it was a hat instead of bracers. I didn't want your character to have to wear a hat because your hair is super cool. We'll get into your description. Because my hair is fire. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I made them bracers. But also he uh, titled it the hat of I'm walking here. <gasps> so... No way. <laughs> Ian, you already know me so well. If you would like to call them the bracers of, of I'm walking here, that's the fine. The bracers of I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> they are officially like, you know, uh, bracers for the Grix. That's why I called it that. But all of the item names that I've written in are just placeholders. And y'all can call these items whatever you oh, want. Oh, incredible. God. Honestly, whoever, Ian, whoever you are out there, I give you a giant <laughs> thanks. This <laughs> is a beautiful, beautiful gift. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much, Ian, for that submission. And yeah, now you have these bracers that can let you knock people over by running into them and uh, makes it harder to knock you I over. Like, uh, I like the idea that I went home with a star athlete and <laughs> and yes. stole from him. Yes. Oh yeah, no, that's that's absolutely, that's 100% what I, was, what I was putting into that. Recognized him in the bar, zeroed him. That's, that's my next target. Talking about how many yachts he has. I want his shit. <laughs> so we mentioned your hair made of fire. We didn't do a physical description of Ash earlier. So what does Ash look okay, like? Okay, so Ash's mother is a human. So uh, she's got like the body, the facial features, everything of a human. But because her father is a fire genasi, like elemental genie person, she has like deep, deep red skin and like blue eyes that are like the blue of like very hot fire. Like intense blue eyes, and then her hair is made out of fire. So it's like always crackling and it's got like sparks coming up from it. Like the sides of her head are like shaved to the skin, and then she's got like this really cute hip, like quaff of hair on top. She's she's very like New York hip. So could you say if she's hot? <laughs> oh my god. I, I'd like to say that she's um she's hot. <laughs> hot. She's spicy. Fair warning, they're spicy. all hot. Spicy. They're all hot. So that is Ash. Julia, thank you so much for telling us about thank Ash. Thank you for listening about Ash. You're welcome. 
I believe that Sam rolled next highest in initiative. I forgot the numbers and I didn't write them down. I think it was Haley. I got a 13. I got a 14. That means that Haley is next. Haley, would you kindly tell us all about the character you have created for this adventure? My character. So if you were the type of person to go to big fancy parties in the city of Glicaria and the type of person to talk to people who weren't like on the guest list, you've definitely shared pleasant small talk with Lindell Sterling, bodyguard to the Lovejoy family. You can't miss her at any of these events. She's usually the tallest one, and she is generally connected to one of the many, many Lovejoy children, presumably making sure that they do not get hurt. Usually it's making sure they don't get lost. <laughs> Lindell is a Leonin. She is lion folk. My brain always wants to say Lionel. I don't know why. Lionel. <laughs> like the train brand. <laughs> <laughs> Someone say trains. Trains! We've come full circle. We have to stop here. You're like a big train enthusiast, and I didn't know this about you. Lindell's a Leon, and she's a lion folk. So she looks like a big lion. She's about six foot ten. She's got a short mane, tail, lion tail, ears, big old claws. She's hot. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Hot. I was just about to ask. You beat me to it. She's jacked as hell. Uh, (laughs) She looks like she could take a motherfucker out, and she could. Lindell Sterling was happily employed by the Lovejoys for five years and has been unhappily employed for another two. So she's worked for them for seven years. When she's not with the Lovejoys, when she's in her off time, she's usually in seedy bars and pubs trying to get the stink of rich people off a little bit. She loves some of the Lovejoys, she really does, but uh, she spent a few years as muscle-for-hire mercenary, and it just felt better than this, this very boring bodyguarding job she's been doing. She's a barbarian. Oh, yeah, tell, oh, yeah, she's a homebrew barbarian. Yes, she is a Path of the Warrior's Bond barbarian which is a barbarian subclass that somebody made for me. For Haley. For me. Specifically for Haley. When I mentioned on TikTok that I would love to play a barbarian with healing abilities. And then Kay, who is amazing, created that subclass and just put it out into the world and I am finally able to play it, which is very, very, very exciting. Yes, so she's a barbarian with a couple of minor healing abilities. Do you want to say what these abilities are since no one listening knows? (laughs) (laughs) This is, as far as I am aware, I am the first person ever playing this type of barbarian. (laughs) We are the playtest. We're making history here on unprepared casters. (laughs) Unplay-tested. Wait till y'all hear this level three ability. It's pretty wild. (laughs) I can just read it to you. Uh, So Path of the Warrior's Bond, if you want to follow along at home, if you look up just K, K-A-Y, writes on the web, you can find K's website. It's full of very good things. The level three ability is called Never Left Behind. When you choose this path at third level, you give off an aura, color of your choice, that whirls around you when you enter a rage. As a reaction, when a target within 60 feet of you drops unconscious, your aura rushes to them. That target is considered stabilized immediately, and any healing given to them before their next turn is taken at max value instead of rolling. And I can do that my charisma modifier times. 
per long rest. Dang. Which is two. <laughs> Excellent. And you've got one more ability with, with this as well, yes. level six. Yeah. Because we're level six, so you get another thing from your subclass. It's called Healing Scream. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. As a bonus action, you can give up an earth shaking scream of rage to heal those in battle with you. If you are raging, your battle cry allows up to your charisma modifier, so two targets who can hear you to heal 1d4 hit points, which isn't a lot of hit points, but it's a lot of hit points for a barbarian to, to be healing. And it's a lot of hit points if you're down. It's a lot of hit points if you're <laughs> yeah. down. But the important thing here is that it's not a lot of hit points, but unlike basically every other healing ability, this mm -hmm. doesn't have a limit on its use. Whoa. You can just pop off healing screams Ooh. as much as you want when you're raging if you have the bonus action for it, I think. Doesn't it? Wait, 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 wait. Is it a full action or... Yeah, it just says a bonus action. It's just a bonus action? It's just something you can do with your bonus action that heals yeah, 2d4 <laughs> hit points. Yeah. Lindell's going to be yelling so much, guys. Yeah, but you do have to scream to do it. Which is super good in a heist. Here's the other thing. Leonins also have an ability that is yelling. Yeah, Daunting Roar, yeah. So you got two scream abilities. Just screaming. Yeah, Daunting Roar allows me to try and make people frightened of me. Nice. Also so good. Honestly, how much roaring do you think you've done while in the Lovejoy Mansion? How much screaming do you think you do on a daily basis? None, and it sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> no roaring. You don't try to intimidate the Lovejoys? Like, here's the thing. She wants to, right? God. <laughs> God. Some days you Here's want hoping. to so bad. Uh, oh, I can't remember which Lovejoy she's currently bodyguarding. I got you. Yes, she's currently please. bodyguarding. One of the 16 of them. Richard Lovejoy. Ew. That's Richard. Right. Richard Lovejoy. The second oldest of the Lovejoy children. She started off bodyguarding the youngest sibling after being a general bodyguard. She was the personal bodyguard of the youngest, which if you'll recall is one Hope Lovejoy. Sounds familiar. I, you might have heard of her. And then slowly worked her way up the ranks into the more assassinatable siblings. Mm. And it's <laughs> Charming. <laughs> She's now guarding Richard Lovejoy. Richard, which is second oldest. And as she has gone up in the ranks, her, the enjoyment of her job has gone, gone down. Down significantly. <laughs> Hope was so fun to bodyguard, guys. <laughs> so going back to your abilities. Yes. Very strong abilities. When I initially <laughs> read, when you're like, can I play this homebrew thing that was made for me? I was like... Like, can I read it? Uh, and then I read it, and I was like, this is really powerful. And there That's is a good. moment where I was thinking about nerfing it. Which would have been sad. Which would have been I sad. And I was like, that, you don't be, come on, Gus. Just let her play the class. Don't nerf it. Now Gus is like, I can just make everything harder. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, you are reading my mind crystal clear. Because correct, correct. the one ability I was super worried about was like instant stabilization when someone goes down and max healing, like, Okay, y'all are invincible. I can only do it twice a day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so a house rule that I will be implementing into this arc is that if you go down and come back up, you gain a level of exhaustion, which, if you'll recall, a single level of exhaustion gives you disadvantage on all ability checks, which are very important to make in a heist. So... I essentially was like, I have to still make going down bad because death probably isn't going to be too much of a threat in this arc. It's really just about, can you pull it off? I bet we can make it happen. 
Or maybe I bet we could make die. one of us die if we wanted to. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Please not me. <laughs> That's Lindell. Oh, same same questions I was asking of Julia. What do you expect we're gonna get out of Lindell from this arc? Chivalrous behavior. A true gentleman. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, Lindell is just a personable lion who is really just bored. Bored, would like to get hit more often. Very excited to be doing something exciting. But yeah, I, I think we've got a couple of edgy loose cannons in the party. So I'm excited to be the, <laughs> the stability as the barbarian, you know? The glue that holds of course, it. Should be. Honestly, that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the same role that Sam plays in her home game. Wait, you're right. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what Bushka is. <laughs> I'm the big negotiator. Stunning. <laughs> With like a negative one charisma. With yeah. a minus one to charisma. Yeah. Oh, God. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. And Haley, as the player behind Lindell, what are you hoping Lindell's going to get out of this adventure? Money. Great. Fair. <laughs> Money, some excitement in her life. She's really reminiscing for the, the old days. Like after she left home, wasn't with her family anymore, and was like getting hired to go adventuring, basically. Mm-hmm. Lindell was level six before she started bodyguarding. And <laughs> she has stayed there Still level six. for oh. seven years. Wes. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit of excitement, ready to do something else. A little bit of excitement, a little bit of cash. A little bit of cash. Wonderful. Haley, if you could kindly refresh your D&D Beyond character sheet for me and read about the magic item. This is so exciting. It's, ooh! Is it my mall but fancy? It's a fancy version of my mall? Your mall is now magic. (gasps) Magic Magic mall! (laughs) I should have said, Lindell has a mall. She's got like a five foot tall smash and hammer. Because if she wants to do stabbing damage, my claws are weapons. They're literally weapons within the race. So Hot. Amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Okay, okay, okay. It's called Lindell's Luck. Lindell's trusted weapon for as long as she can remember. This mall was given to her as payment for one of her first muscle for hire jobs. Humble in design but solidly constructed, this steel weapon proudly displays years worth of hits as wear and scratches around the edges of its head. The plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. This mall is magically enhanced to assist its wielder and can correct its course mid-swing to make middling attacks perfect. Would you roll an eight while attacking with this mall? You deal a critical hit. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. I love that. <laughs> I'm scared. I, feel like I never roll an eight. I'm so scared. <laughs> Is- Magic item was adapted from a submission by Tatum S. Thank you, Tatum. And thank you for pulling on our eight joke. We can bully Jenny even when she's not here. Yay. Thank you so much. (laughs) I, the moment I saw this submission, literally all the submission was just like a weapon that crits on an eight. It can be whatever weapon you want. And I was like, great. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. That's so cute. So whenever Haley rolls an eight on an attack, the reaction will be genuine this time. And I get secret two attacks in action, and when I'm raging, I get advantage. We so. love to hear it. <laughs> Big hits. We love a beefy barb. So it, if you, yeah, I guess if you roll with advantage and you roll a 19 and an 8, you still take the 8? <laughs> That's a solid question, actually. <laughs> yeah, 
I get no. As the DM, I'm saying you take the eight in that situation. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's I just max out on that. your crits. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> crits on crits on crits. How old is Lindell? Oh, she's 32. She joined on with the Love Joys when she was 25. Thank you so much for telling us about Lindell, Haley. You're so welcome, actually, for this <laughs> gift I've given you. Such a gift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gus, you're gonna have so much fun. I'm already having fun, <laughs> Sam. Would you kindly please tell us all about the character you've created for this heist? About my sweet Sasha Rose. <laughs> oh, we got a little voice there. Yes, a teeny bit. <laughs> a teeny bit. Loved it. <laughs> okay. Sasha was born into the Rose clan. It's a sprawling family of rogues and thieves that are sometimes connected by blood and are almost always well acquainted with breaking the law. If you need a job, there's someone in a lot of them who's always connected. Her parents were no exception to this standard, and they often went on heist together. And luckily for them, there was a gnomish couple down the street that never minded caring for a couple boisterous kits while they were away. Among those kits, Sasha was born as a hairless anomaly. She was a tabaxi with no fur, and her brothers had full fur. (laughs) And she's just there standing out in naked and wrinkly contrast. So uh, her brothers were a bit cruel to her when they were growing up and they were younger. So she spent a lot of her time just kind of tinkering with the gnome family rather than playing with her two brothers. By the time they reached their teens, though, they were well on their way to becoming successful thieves. They often took turns joining their parents on heist missions where the danger level like wasn't too great. And over the time, the teasing Sasha endured from her brothers turned into just heartfelt family savagery. And it's now just a running joke. Her brothers have exclusive rights to this banter and they get very upset if someone else tries to make fun of Sasha. (laughs) So Sasha now lives on her own, but she remains well connected to her family and the extended Rose clan. They get together for a number of boisterous occasions. Her day job, she works at an armory and she comes up with all sorts of new magical enhancements and designs for customers who can afford it. This plays into her role as an artificer armorer. And by night, she mainly does small jobs to cover her various artificer expenses and occasionally she is drawn to missions of a grander scale. Over the years, uh, Sasha has celebrated her missions by getting tattoos that relate to them, usually depicting objects she stole, sometimes creatures she fought, and then there's lots of decorative elements that weave between them. She always entrusts her tattoo work to Mishka, who is a half-orc lady with a knack for fine detail. And after a few years of regular tattoo sessions, Sasha and her grew close and eventually fell into dating. So Sasha thinks the world of Mishka. She really helped turn around her impression of herself. She was really self-conscious about being a naked cat for a long time, and now she feels absolutely beautiful. Mishka is incredibly fond of Sasha too, but she disapproves of any big heist missions because she hates to see Sasha come home real banged up. Sasha's kept mostly small jobs for a while now, but she has one more big heist plan to get enough money together to propose to Mishka. This is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Please excuse me as I just read from notes that I had already written because that's the way I know. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm very excited for Sasha. Um, so armor, artificer, yeah, bunch of, bunch of stuff that you got to keep track of at level six. Artificers are pretty wacky. Big naked cat with tattoos. Yeah, artificers are crazy. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm usually playing a barbarian and it's like, okay, go smash. And now it's like, spells (laughs) you have so many spells and i cannot wait and magic items it's crazy (laughs) so the questions that i'm asking everyone sam what should everyone expect from 
Sasha? What sort of role do you think that she will provide in the composition of the party? I feel like Sasha's going to be pretty heavy on support and just filling us out when we need like a little spell here and there. She doesn't have that many spells she can cast just because Artificer, you make like magical items and it kind of has like a weird balance going on. But she's pretty laid back, pretty chill, just weird Russian cat. (laughs) It's going to be a bastardized form of Russian. Everyone, I'm sorry. (laughs) You'll find out later. (laughs) I will have to play Sasha's brothers and I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Gus can't roll his R's. <laughs> I can't roll my R's, so I'm just going to talk funny, and that's how her brothers are going to talk. It's not Russian, it's just how her brothers talk. Yeah. It's cat Russian. It's the cat accent. Yeah, the know. cat accent. It's the cat accent. It's not completely Russian, it's just a little bit of something. <laughs> and as the player behind Sasha, what are you hoping Sasha gets out of this adventure? Other than, I mean, I suppose if, if all it is is the money to propose, then... If Sasha's got herself figured out other than that, then that's great. But what are you hoping Sasha gets out of the adventure? Sasha wants to be able to get home in one piece to get back to Mishka. (laughs) Great. But she's also very excited to go on a big heist. She cannot wait, especially since I feel like the Lovejoys are probably like a big thing amongst the Rose clan. Like everyone wants to do it, but no one dares. Right, right. Especially something on this scale. Although y'all don't know what the scale is quite yet. We don't know what it is. We really don't. (laughs) I do. What? Why do you get to know? I don't understand, Gus. Whoa! <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Sam, you, uh, so artificers can like replicate magic items as something they can do. And you've replicated something that is really going to make hiding from people pretty easy. Yeah? You've got like a, some sort of cloak, right? Yes, I have a cloak of elven kind, provided that I use it as one of my three infusions. I know six, but I can only use three at this point. Gotcha. But it is, it's pretty badass. Something you switch out at long rest? Yes, you can switch them out at long rest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think we decided that in Gus's world, it only works on hide checks. It doesn't work for all general stealth checks. Just to be clear, Gus's world is also rules as written, so. Yes, well, I, uh, there's some there's some discourse amongst the Reddit threads. <laughs> okay. But, there um, always is. <laughs> there always is. Uh, there always is, of course. <laughs> but... So yeah, um, while you wear this cloak with the hood up, wisdom perception checks made to see you have disadvantage and you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks made to hide as the cloak's color shifts to camouflage you. So that's one item I can make, which is cool. Very super fun and stealthy. Also, as an armor artificer, you have like a lightning launcher thing on your, yeah. So you can shoot lightning at people. There's one thing I didn't talk about. I also have a shield on my character Oh. I have it be sort of like winter soldier vibes where it's just a heavily metaled arm. Mechanics are all the same. She still has to use it to like guard and block and she can't hold anything. Yeah, that's sick as hell, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I figure anytime, you know how there's an extra charge that you get like once a turn, I figure like anything that hits her, there's like a blue like kind of force field that goes around it and it absorbs yes. that energy and then is redirected out as an attack. Yes. Very cool. Woo. Something else that your lightning launcher can now do, oh. if you would kindly refresh your D&D Beyond character Ooh. sheet, it's called lightning line. Lightning line. Okay. This modification to Sasha's lightning launcher was the result of a months long personal project conducted in the back room of her armory. Tested but unused, Sasha's been waiting for the right opportunity to put this gadget to work. While wearing your armor, you can make an attack roll against an object using the stats of your lightning launcher. On a hit, a zip line of magical energy affixes to the object. 
If the object is secure, you can then immediately take the zip line yourself all the way to the object, which will retract the lightning back into your armor or keep the line active to allow others to use it. Anyone other than you who uses the zip line will take 1d6 lightning damage. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. That's amazing. Heist. Heist. Incredible. Oh Heist. my gosh, Heist. I love that. <laughs> this magic item was adapted from a submission by Dan Mattingly on Patreon. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Yes. I can zip around. <laughs> it was initially like just a lance that you would throw that turned into a zip line, but since you already had a lightning launcher, I figured it would be a great modification. I added the thing about people taking damage when they use it because it just makes sense to we me. We get that if too much healing. <laughs> We've got too much yeah. healing. I have such few heals. If I give someone a magical zip line that can send them wherever they want, I got to add a little wrinkle in there. So yeah, uh, Sasha's got a fun little zip line now. That's fantastic. Thank you, Dan, once again. I cannot Thank wait you, to Dan. use that for some no good reason. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for telling us about Sasha. We only have one more character to reveal for this adventure. Madison, would you kindly tell everyone about the character you've made for this adventure? I absolutely will. The character that I've made for this adventure, her name is Robin Lovejoy. Yeah, so that's it. That's all you need that's to know it. about that's her. It. That's <laughs> it. That's <laughs> Robin is a high elf, and she is a rogue mastermind. I see her as just like a really talented, like cat burglar kind of gal, but her family does not know that. So she is actually the second youngest Lovejoy. Um, so she is just one step up from Hope in terms of order and i believe there are are there 15 of them 16, 16? total there are 16 yeah. total i'll have to try to memorize all of their names <laughs> i'll send you a list <laughs> i yeah but yeah so she's still she's still kind of young kind of coming into her own but she has been working a long time to get her skills in check and really learn how to be like a master thief like that is really her goal but her family thinks that she is a professional bird watcher. Does she know anything about it? No. <laughs> Will I look up birds before the recording? Probably not, just to see what I come up with. I love the idea that everyone thinks she's a professional bird watcher and she doesn't do that at all. <laughs> no. She, they think she's really bad she at it. She doesn't know anything about birds. They're a little worried about Robin, like, uh. If she's still making money from that bird watching, I guess. But uh, <laughs> keep an eye on that one. She's so far down, they they don't worry about them anymore. As long as they're still alive, that's kind of all they care about at this point. But yeah, so she decided to go into kind of thievery and roguish world, I guess, because she had an aunt that she looked up to, and her name is Liberty Lovejoy. And she was kind of a badass. I like to say she was sent... Like, she was set up with some other elf man, and she was supposed to be married off into this family, and she was like, no, I don't want to do that, and ran away, and she's kind of the black sheep of the family. And Robin was like, that's pretty cool, I want to do that. So she kind of has been training with her and learning all of her skills and getting good at what she's doing, but I think she thinks she's a little bit better than she is. 
she is very talented, but I think she also thinks she's a little bit more of a badass than she is. She kind of, she wears all black. She's got like long dark hair that she puts in like a cool braid. She kind of has like cool earrings. And I like to think that she like rolls her own cigarettes and like smokes those because she thinks that's cool. But nobody yes. cares <laughs> at all. But yeah, so she's. Oh, don't forget her eyebrows, Madison. <gasps> oh my God, her eyebrows. We've decided she's got just power eyebrows. Like those are the, <laughs> those are the first yes. things that you see. <laughs> a strong brow. Yes. She's got a strong, like they're very demanding. They're demanding. Yeah, like they give her a charisma. I love that. <laughs> they are a little bit badass, but she's very proud of them. <laughs> Does she fill them in? You'll never know. I won't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) She'll take that secret to her grave. (laughs) But yeah, so she is a lovejoy. And she actually knows Lindell pretty well. So Lindell was her bodyguard at one point. So we do know each other from way back when. And I think we had decided that. I'm in your house all the time. Yeah, you are still in the house. It's a pretty (laughs) big house, house. though. I mean, I... I, I don't know if we want to talk about our relationships yet, Gus. But... Uh, that's where we're going to get there. Okay, so I'll wait for that. But yeah, she's got kind of like the same kind of color of eyes as Hope. Has like the same kind of skin, just like a little bit, a little bit cooler. Hell yeah. <laughs> what should we all be expecting from Robin as a member of this party and this adventure? I think so far she's kind of been coming, like gaining skills and coming into her own as a thief. So... She hasn't been really been working with a lot of other people. She's made some pretty big polls and, and she's been pretty proud of herself. But I think she is a mastermind rogue. So her, her she's got big, big dreams of being like the leader. Ocean's Eleven is my favorite movie. And I see her as Matt Damon in that movie. Okay, That's very, gotcha. If, so if you've seen that movie, he's very um, ambitious, but they like to mess with him a lot. But he's also very good at what he does. So that is who I'm channeling is Matt Damon. <laughs> Lovely. And as a player, what are you hoping, what do you think Robin needs from this adventure? What are you hoping she gets out of this? I think Robin needs some friends. I think she needs some friends. (laughs) Because she's been surrounded by Lovejoys her whole life. She's been escorted around. And her only way out of it has been to sneak out and like get into the seedy underworld and feel like she's rebelling. But that hasn't really brought good friends around her so far. Hmm. Somehow, Mm -hmm. Thieves. Weird. All these people, yeah, wow. I know. Yeah. You gotta hang out with the Rose Clan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, honestly, like, the younger Lovejoys are a great fun. Like, she loves Hope. She loves all the ones around her. But I think she needs some people outside. She needs to, like, broaden her horizons a little bit. Wonderful. From a mechanics perspective, Mastermind Rogues are very, very fun. You can give help as a bonus action, which is mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Which, you know, is great for friends. But she hasn't <laughs> yeah. really used it. <laughs> never used it before. <laughs> She's never used it. Also, if you hear someone speaking for a minute, you can mimic their accent. So you can Ooh. pretend like you're from wherever they're from. Just like Madison can't. <laughs> just like just like <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so that's, you know, that's some fun stuff that we might expect from Robin. Oh, by the way, Robin is spelled with a Y for everyone listening uh, who's going to be writing her name places. That's Robin with a Y. Madison, if you could please refresh your character sheet I'm and so tell us about the magic item that you have. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I have some gloves of infiltration, I believe it is. Yeah, that's what it is. That's it. All right. 
Won in a card game early in her criminal career, these sleek black gloves have assisted Robin on many a robbery. While wearing these gloves, you have a plus one bonus to AC, sleight of hand checks, and thieves tool checks. These gloves allow the wearer to cast knock once per day. However, instead of the spell's loud knock being centered on the large on the target object, it will emanate from any point the wearer chooses within 500 feet. Ooh, Ooh though. <laughs> yeah, this magic item was adapted from submissions by Paul Goody and Andy on Patreon. Thanks, Paul and Andy. This is awesome. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Gloves. Gloves. <laughs> gonna be so fun. Yes, these are two different magic items that Paul and Andy both submitted, and I just combined, essentially, what they could do. Oh, dope. This is very important to me. Are they... Yes. Can they be fingerless? Yes. <laughs> I was asking if they were fingerless. I was literally asking if they were fingerless. <laughs> of course they can be fingerless gloves. They have, like, little zippers on the knuckles. <laughs> Hot topic style. Yes. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, so plus one to AC, sleight of hand checks, and thieves tools checks. Something to mention about that is that your sleight of hand is already a plus 11. I got some sticky fingers. Damn, girl. So now you have a plus 12 to sleight of hand checks. Question, can you stack gloves? (laughs) Can you stick? No, you can't. No. I can hand Madison some gloves that'll give her a plus five. Give me a plus five. You cannot stack gloves. Okay, you can take those off and put my gloves on for a certain check. Oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, that does remind me, though. I won it in a card game, so she she does play a lot of card games, I think. She's a little bit of a poker player. Totally. Oh, and by the way, for anyone playing or listening who doesn't know about the knock spell, knock is a spell that essentially can unlock any lock. I did not know that. Yeah, so knock is a second level spell that creates a really loud sound and busts open a lock. Oh, well, the loud sound's not ideal, but overall effect, amazing. Yeah, (laughs) that's why the gloves make it come from somewhere else. Oh, 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 oh. Why did I think I, I like did not hear part of that? I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's super fun. So great. So though that is that, those are the magic items. Anything else to say about Robin before we get into character connections? Love her. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love her dearly. It's love joy, actually. Is oh my god. I'm not gonna quit the show. <laughs> How old is she? How old is she? <laughs> How old did we say she was? Like 107? Oh, to be older than Hope, she's got to be older than 200, I think. Hope is 200. Oh, is she 200? Oh, yeah. We said she was like 250. Cool. So just like a little older than Hope. A little older than Hope. Sasha's 28. I don't think I ever said that. Great. <laughs> so throw that in there. <laughs> Great. Great. Thank you so much for telling us about Robin, Madison. Now that we've heard about all of our characters, before we wrap this party up, we're just going to chat a little bit sort of about how these characters might already know each other and how they have found themselves in the situation that they currently are in, which is being hired by Sasha's brothers to do this heist. Sasha's brothers, Victor and Boris, are the hiring parties behind the heist. So... It's pretty clear why Sasha is involved in this. <laughs> They're my brother. It's a family <laughs> affair. I would imagine that it would be a big get for them to get a Lovejoy and a Lovejoy bodyguard in on this heist. But how do you all think your name was known by these people? And how do you think you were, like, approached to do this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, what do you all think? 
we can just make up how. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's D and D, baby. No imagination allowed. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. Okay. So Ash has had a little little bit of an encounter with one of Sasha's brothers in a bar. <laughs> is it is it Victor or Boris? She is unaware. She does not know. Yeah. Did she do know. the one that has her dad's name? <laughs> She does know she went home with one of them. The one that has her dad's name. Oh my god. Are they twins, Sam? I don't know. I feel like we were do probably- they look the same? We were all in the same litter. I don't know if they- I don't. I think they look different, though. Okay. The same litter. I forgot that you were cast for a hot moment. You were like, what the fuck? Dude, no, Madison, you started to describe Robin, and you said, I think she's a little bit of a cat burglar. Cat burglar? Cat. I was like, we can't have three cats. We no. cannot have three cats. No. Too many cats. We're already 50% cats. (laughs) Well, that's why it's a cat arc. We got a naked cat. We got a real furry cat. (laughs) Big old lion. We got someone who wants to be a cat. There you go. Now we got a cat burglar. An ash. This is a very, yeah, this arc is very heavy on cats. Perfect. So Ash went home, robbed one of Victor or Boris, and yeah, I, I think that's all there is to it. I mean, it, it, if she must have earned quite a bit of respect with that. I assume that you did rob them, yeah? I think I definitely robbed them. I was a little bit caught on the way out. We made eye contact <gasps> and I winked at him and then I closed the door and I ran. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So I would guess that Robin probably knows of the Rose family and has maybe talked to Victor and Boris before. I was going to say, yeah, I think so. Like, she's definitely out there, like, giving out business cards, you know, shaking some hands. (laughs) Networking. I am training to be a mastermind rogue. Robin Lovejoy, I do crime. (laughs) She's Maybe she's not handing out business cards, but she's definitely... She's definitely networking. She's trying to get her name out there. She's done a couple of big polls for some people. So I feel like her name's starting to get out there. I guess it's a good question to ask. Is is she using her full? I mean, everyone knows she's a Lovejoy. I was just about to ask. Yeah, Lovejoy is a pretty big name. She's known. Do you think that she has like a, a pseudonym that she uses for crimes? Man, do I wish I thought about it. Um, you've got you've got until you, this is something, this is why we're having this conversation. You can mull it over uh, before we start playing. Yeah, because I feel like most people probably don't know what all the Lovejoys look like because one, there's a lot of them and two, you don't see rich people outside of their homes. Yeah. I mean, we could just say she goes by Robin. Okay. There's no last name. Now, do you think Robin was like, I know a lion that would be great for this. Is that how y'all think Lindell got roped into this or what? I would say I feel like that's up to up to you, Haley. What do you think, Haley? I would love if Robin was like, I do know someone who would be great for this job, started to describe Lindell and they're like, oh, the big lion in all the pubs? We do know who that is. Yeah, we've seen you it. Won't believe you can get the lion? <laughs> you can get great. the big lion? Oh, I can get the big lion. <laughs> We'd love the lion. Because she hangs out, like, she's probably watched Ash pull people before. Like, she hangs out in these places. She thinks it's very funny watching Ash do this. (laughs) So, (laughs) as far as pre-existing connections with each other go, then, Robin and Lindell are pretty close already, I would say. I love picturing the scene of Robin being like, hey, Lindell, I got something for us. (laughs) 
very fun. Very it's fun. When they're, it's when they're like behind one of the, you know, in like an alley and she like rolled, took her rolled cigarettes and like gave one to Lindell and they're like <laughs> they're sneaking smoking. behind. Yeah. Robin's hand rolled cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Merch. Yeah, they, they do that every once in a while. Absolutely. <laughs> so Lindell and Ash probably recognize each other, but might not have ever spoken. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Sasha, do you think you know anyone in the party yet? Or is this just like your brothers have gotten you to do this job with three strangers? I don't know. I feel like it It might just be my brothers. Because I don't know, uh, was Ash's restaurant, was it kind of fancier? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Sasha's there. She's just grabbing whatever <laughs> is convenient. Would Sasha have met Robin from Crime Stuff? Probably. I would say, I feel like Robin might know, know of Sasha, if anything. I don't know. Maybe we've met in passing if you've been to a couple of the the rose clan gatherings to network <laughs> then you've yeah. probably seen her before <laughs> you're probably on like my list of people to meet that like i have where i'm like oh they're really good i need to make sure i get to them <laughs> i haven't like met you gotta yet. shake their hand yep. <laughs> I have to shake that hand oh my god <laughs> that big lightning hand yes you gotta shake the lightning that hand big metal arm <laughs> Oh, hello. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's going to be a mess. (laughs) Well, great. So that's how all of your characters know each other. We kind of blaze through that. But we we got everything out of it that we needed to, I think. Hey, well, that's everything I had written down for stuff we needed to cover. Is there anything that y'all are like, oh, I should have mentioned that about my character. Oh, I need to get this out there. And, And last call, last call for character details. I want to know if anyone thinks they've been to my family's restaurant. No. (laughs) Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Robin certainly must have on, like, family. Yeah. I think the Lovejoys come there quite often, yeah. Yeah, I would say the Lovejoys probably go there a lot. Oh, one thing that I did want to mention was, you know, back when Lindell was my bodyguard, the one thing that she was doing was chasing me down to get me back to the balls and like the dinners and stuff because I didn't want to be there. It was very fun, was very good. If we didn't make it back by the time it was over, your mom would fire me. And we- <laughs> <laughs> so it became kind of a game, like a strategy game for me to be like, can I outrun and hide from Lindell? <laughs> to the point where it got to, it was like a fun game. Yeah, and then we'd smoke in an alley the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I should say about Lindell, I was going to save it for the episodes. I just want to say it. Lindell's a little bit in love with Robin Lovejoy. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. It's not something she lets herself think about very often because it's very like, that's not going to happen <laughs> for many, many reasons. Settle down, Lindell. Settle like, down, Lindell. <laughs> push it down. Push it down. That's not what we're here for. We can't. <laughs> I work for her mom, as we can't. But <laughs> yeah, and Robin definitely doesn't realize that <laughs> she is so focused on her career. Her career, her business cards. Her career. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining Lindell like sweating, <laughs> talking to Robin. <laughs> and Robin's just so focused on the next thing she's doing. I love She's that, though. She's always, like, so attentive, opening every door. Robin Lovejoy does not open a door when Lindell is in the <laughs> same room. No doors oh, that she has to open. No oh chairs she has God. to pull out. And Robin's like, she's just like this. She's always been yeah, like Yeah, she's just like that. I'm, I don't know anything different. Everyone lives like this, right? <laughs> oh, my 
god. Who would have thought our heist arc would be so full of love? So much love. The heat of the heist. <laughs> the the heat, heat of the, of the heist. heist. Is it too late to change the name of the arc? No. <laughs> I know, that's so great. I hope that every unprepared caster's arc is just bursting with love. That's my (laughs) favorite thing. If this doesn't end with a wedding, I'm gonna scream. Oh. (laughs) We all go to Sasha and Mishka's wedding. Oh my god. If you survive and aren't in jail. I'm just imagining they're like, does anyone object? And you like run up and you're like, I don't have any objections. I just also want to say that I love Robin. (laughs) Also, can I get married? Two weddings. (laughs) Zell would never do that. That's causing a scene. How dare you? (laughs) You do crazy things for love. (laughs) She's a gentleman. Literally the first sentence when I was trying to visualize, I knew I wanted to play Big Lion. I was like, what do I want this lion to be like? First sentence, I texted Gus immediately. I was like, well, she's a real gentleman. I was like, done. That's my point. (laughs) We've solved it. I am so excited for this party. You're all so cool. You're all so hot. (laughs) You're all going to be so good at heisting. You're all very powerful and have given you magic items. It's going to be so much fun. Can I take a hot moment? I didn't want to interrupt you, but just to say thanks for having us. We love playing with you. We're the reason, yeah, we're all the reason we're into D&D. So like, (laughs) it's kind of fun. We've come this far and I'm so excited to play with Haley as well. Yeah. I am also excited for y'all to play with Haley. This is really such a mashing up of like, so different <laughs> D&D parts of my life that are like merging together. It's really just Christmas for Gus. That's what I got here. last arc. It's very good. It's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm so excited to be playing with all four of you. It's going to be, it's just going to be so much fun. I think that that's going to do it for episode zero. We're, we're going to, I'm, ah, we're going to start playing soon and it's all going to be happening. Thank you all so much for coming along and talking about your characters Heist, 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 Thank you all so much for listening to Unprepared Casters. We'll see you next week. Thank you so, so, so much for listening to episode zero of Arc 2 of Unprepared Casters. We're so glad that you stuck around. Are you just going to talk through the laugh? People aren't going to know what you're laughing at. That's fine. I'm just having a good time. Okay. If you want to support the show, you can find us at Patreon. Patreon.com slash UnpreparedCasters, the name of the show. And if you, well, this week we're not talking about how the game went. We're not. There was no game. If you want to listen to Gus and myself answer some questions and go on some tangents, you can find that uh, at Patreon as well on this week's episode of The Verbal Component, which is available Ooh. to all patrons at the $5 tier and above. Correct. I always am. Uh, if you want to connect with the show, you can find us on Instagram at unpreparedcasters. You can find us on Twitter at unprepcasters. Mm-hmm. And you can connect the show and. with your body at unpreparedcasters.com slash shop. Couldn't figure out where you're going with that one. I'm glad that's where it was. Yeah. I, <laughs> maybe there's another way I can phrase that no, next week. No, that was perfect. Uh, if you want to uh, see me do things on the internet, I'm at Gus the Bard on TikTok, and I am at Gus Rachels on Instagram and Twitter. Haley, where can people find you? They can find me uh, at TikTok. 
at whipjack, W-H-I-P Jack, or on Twitter at whipped Jack, W-H-I-P-P-E-D-Jack. Wonderful. If they want to hang out with me. That's great. I, I, hey, I would like to hang out with you. I would recommend it. We'll talk about it. Ooh, See yikes. if you want to keep uh, hanging out in the future. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, I would like to thank all of our $10 patron tier, $10 patron tier submissioners. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, for the submitters, I would like to thank everyone who submitted the items that appeared in this episode. <laughs> Ian, Tatum S, Dan Mattingly, Paul Goody, and Andy uh, all submitted items that I tweaked and fiddled with and to wonderful. gift to the party before this arc. And it went over amazingly. It was also great. So thank you all so much for your wonderful items that you submitted. As a reminder to everyone, patreon.com slash unpreparedcasters at our $10 tier. If you want to submit items and NPCs and things for future arcs. I would also like to thank deeply with my whole heart, chest, and soul, and body and mind, <laughs> uh, all of our $15 patrons, our soft and warm blanket patrons yes. for supporting us in this endeavor. Uh, we simply could not, would not be doing this without your wonderful and lovely support. I would love to thank Jackson, Rachel Goodman, Zebby Lown, Blake, John Myers Potts, Runesong, Larney, Clay, Mike B, Towns, Darb the Bard, Blake Hall, Phil Her, Corundum Core, Jake Dara, Oats, Code to Grow, Ben Leonis, Benny, Michael Ellis, Tori. Cole the Goldfish Gremlin. Reed O. Connor K. Marigold Morrigan. Florin Forta. Mark Murdoch. Zed. Costumogen. Richard. Lizzie D. Gabe. Zach. Niz Biscuit. Matt Rykowski. Melissa. Argentum Inc. Heather Sims. Tech Remnant. Subtle underscore T. Shklorp. Pervolgnation. <laughs> William Owlsley. Finn. Jake Holding. Devin. Andy. Rob the Head Eater. Alex Singer. Kenneth Compton. James Lodge. Ian Schwartz. Jack Lionheart. Simria. Petal. Patrick Walker Jr. Abby Greer. Andrew Sayai. Haley Ashby. Ellis. Grid. Colby Gustafson. Cassidy. Simon Kemp. Gavow. Alden Kesey. Ari. Kadoom. Kaylee. Dakota. Noah Armstrong. Paul Lambert. Samuel James Taylor. Shindo. Rock Terhune. Time. Tolly. Lake Porkchop. Daisy. Tayshel. Cadenza. Jacob. Bearable Cookie. New York. Brock Eckery. Ryan Meese. Anthony Downs. Sarah Lewis. Sean Rice. Allie. Aladrin Prince. Liz Collins. Warren Arctanus. Nicholas Deterring. Chloe. Lady Drew. Cam. Connor. Gadari. Colin. Cameron Lamack. Bohemia. Savannah. Daniel Mattingly. Cade. Paul Goody. Taylor O'Brien. SJ Geese. Shay Baby Bay. <laughs> Mia May. Halix Van Riken. LES. John the Battle Bear. Logan Rose. That Trans EMT 309. Enoch. Kama. Ilya Nepomnishi. Skylert. Mickey. Aster. Flossy Rossi. J.D. Larrabee. Scott Yellow Red. Tabletop Therapy. Caro. Mimbles. Chuck Lueck. And 
raspy screams. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you all so very much. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.